the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You see, Joseph was wise enough to know that God is sovereign and that God has a plan. Joseph had the wisdom to understand, hey, this is all a part of the plan of God to save lives. He understands there's a sovereign God who's in charge, and it's all going to work for the saving of many, many people. And all God's people said... Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Genesis chapter 46. We want to uh, just give you a little review in case you've missed uh, any of the last three or four weeks. Uh, Joseph had, there were 12 brothers, and he was the next to the youngest. And his dad, uh, Jacob, or Israel, uh, gave him a coat of many colors uh, because of all the sons, uh, Jacob loved Joseph the most for some reason. And uh, when all the brothers saw this coat, they became jealous and envious. So they threw Joseph into a well. They were going to actually leave him to die. And finally, one of the brothers came uh, to his senses and said, hey, let's, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him at least into slavery. And uh, so they sold him into slavery. He was then sold again. He's working as a slave in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was in charge of Pharaoh's army. And one day Potiphar's wife uh, notices that Joseph's a very good-looking man, and she comes on strong, makes some advances towards Joseph. So Joseph, he runs out of the house. He's falsely accused and then thrown into a prison. And there in prison, God uh, is with him, and God eventually elevates uh, Joseph out of prison, and Joseph becomes second in command over all of Egypt. Think about that. And then last week, we saw the incredible sermon story where Joseph's brothers, because of the famine up in Israel, up in Canaan, they go down to Egypt to just find some food. And the Bible is very clear how all of these brothers were bowing down before Joseph. They did not recognize Joseph as their brother, but Joseph recognized them as the ones who had betrayed him, the ones who had done him wrong. And the message last week was instead of exacting revenge, which was Joseph's to give, instead it was a story of grace and he loved them and provided for them and forgave them. And today, the last message uh, covers the last five chapters 
of the book of Genesis. It's a story of spiritual blessing. What you see in the last five chapters are spiritual blessings. So I have four major points. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Spiritual blessings come when fathers worship. So chapter 46, verse 1 says, So Israel set out with all that was his, and he reached a place called Beersheba, and there the Bible says that he offers up sacrifices to the Lord, and he's not just worshiping God, he's worshiping the God of his father. Where did he learn how how did Jacob learn to worship? He learned it from his father Isaac, who had to have learned it from his father Abraham. So you see this generational blessing and worship of father after father after father. Dads, those of you that are here, listen to me. Husbands, fathers, men, the most important thing you can do to bring a blessing upon your family is for you to worship God with all of your heart. Because something happens when the husband worships God, there is a ripple effect. There's a ripple effect, a ripple blessing that flows to the wife, to the children, to the grandchildren, and to the great-grandchildren. Oh, this is an amazing story. Number two, write this down. Spiritual blessings come when fathers pray. All of chapter 48 and, and all of chapter 49 is Jacob praying over his sons and his grandsons. I want you to go to chapter 48, verse 1. Look at verse 1. Sometime later, Joseph was told, your father is ill. Now, how many of you know, even if you're running a country and you find out your father's ill, you've got to leave that responsibility and go take care of your dad. How many of you know that? So Joseph hurries over to see his father, but he brings with him his two sons. He's got two sons, according to verse 1, chapter 48, verse 1. The first one is Manasseh, and the second one is Ephraim. Now, I I will tell you this. These are not teenage boys. These are little kids. All right? They're little. And look at verse 2. The Bible says he rallies his strength when he hears, Joe's here. Joseph's here. He rallies his strength, and the Bible says that he sits up in bed. And the next two chapters, all of 48 and 49, is him praying a prayer of blessing. First, to these two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. This is in chapter 48, verses 3 through 20. Joseph wants Papa to pray over the grandsons. So that's the first thing you see is him praying for these two grandsons. Second thing you see, there's a couple little verses there, where he then prays over Joseph. There's a 147-year-old guy praying over Joseph. And he says, if you read the text, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, son, I remember when I was a little, when I was a lot younger than I am now, back when my knees were good. He goes, uh, he said, uh, I had a little battle, I won this battle, I took this ridge up there in Canaan. And what old daddy Jacob was saying to his son, son, I know you got all this land down here, but son, I just want you to know, I got you another little piece of property up there in the, in the hill country that's going to be yours. I'm going to deed that to you. And what that is illustrating for us is that this, 
All of us live here in what's called Egypt. This is, we live in the world. And it's like God saying to us, hey, don't, don't think that this is where you live. I, God says, I've got another piece of property up here. I've got all set out for you. One, one day you're going to live forever and ever and ever. And then all of chapter 49, the next 28 verses, he blesses all 12 of his sons, one by one. And then chapter 49, verse 33, the old guy dies. So what you're reading when you read through this, he's 147 years old. He's laying there getting ready to die. Chapter 50, it's over. Chapter 48 and 49, he gets enough strength to sit up on his bed. And he prays a prayer of blessing over his sons and his grandsons. What else really matters in life? Is there anything else that really matters in life than that? I want you to look at verse 28. This is chapter 49, verse 28. He says, all these are the 12 tribes. Well, I thought they were his sons. Well, they were, but the Bible says they're the 12 tribes of Israel. Now watch this. You're going to miss something important. This is what their father said to them. When he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to them or to him. What's it say? What's the Bible say? Did he give them the blessing that was appropriate to them? Or did he give them the blessing that was appropriate to him? What's the Bible say? To him. In other words, Joseph looked at all 12 of those boys and saw them as the 12 tribes of Israel, and he gave them what he thought in accordance to what he believed. Now stay with me. Through this whole series, Joseph has been symbolic of who? What figure? Jesus. Because who, when Joseph ran out from Potiphar's wife because he wanted to remain pure, who do, who, who's the only person on the planet that's ever remained pure? Jesus. And when Joseph becomes the Lord of Egypt, he's symbolic of who? Of Je- who's the only person? Who is Lord of all? Jesus. And when all those brothers came and bowed down before Joseph, we talked about how that's symbolic of one day all of us, one day in the whole world bowing down in submission in front of Jesus. And when Joseph forgave his brothers and forgave them, even though they had mistreated him, who was that symbolic? Who, who, who forgave us in spite of our sin? It's Jesus. And you remember at the end of the story when old daddy uh, Jacob finally realizes that Joseph is alive and he says that my son Joseph is alive. We talked about how that's symbolic of one day all of Israel saying that Jesus is alive. Remember all that? Well, if in our story, Joseph is symbolic of Jesus, then his father, Jacob, is symbolic of God. Because as you read through those blessings, there are things that he says that are supernatural. There are things that he says that only God could know. And he gives these blessings to these boys and what, what he believes, and what he believes is right, because he sees and he understands and he blesses according to how he sees fit. And I believe this is a symbolic picture of God, our Heavenly Father. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes 
from above and that God looks down upon us and that he blesses us not according to us, he blesses us according to what he thinks is right. And one of those blessings, I want to read just one. There's 12 sons. I just want to read one. It's the part about Judah. Judah's the fourth oldest of the 12. And of all 12 of those boys, of the 12 tribes of Israel, guess which boy that the Messiah comes from? Does he come from Simeon? Does he come from Reuben? Does he come from the tribe of Benjamin? Does he come from the tribe of Joseph? What tribe does he come from? The Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes from the line of Judah. You should know that. But when you read chapter 49, look at verse 8, 9, and 10, you can see that this is prophetic. This is not an ancient 147-year-old senile man that's about to die. These words are supernatural that come out of his mouth. And he says, Judah, your brothers will do what? They're going to praise you one day. He's talking about the nation of Israel. And your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Who who is the only person who can conquer death? Who is the only person who can conquer the grave? Who's the only person that can conquer sin? Who's the only person who can conquer the enemy of all enemies? It's Jesus, and he comes from the lineage of Judah, and he says, Judah, your brothers will praise you, and your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. And your father's sons. Now, who are his father's sons? Let me think of it. He's talking to Judah, and he says, Judah, your father, well, that's himself, your father's sons. Who's he talking about? Your brothers. He's talking about the 12 tribes of Israel. He's talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about all of Israel will one day do what? They're going to bow down to you. Look at verse 9. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey. Well, well, that's kind of a weird phrase. You return from the prey. And for me, it's a picture of when Jesus is hanging on that cross. He's got blood all hanging on him. He's he's, laying up there on that cross, bleeding. He looked like like an animal that has been sacrificed. And he wasn't that. He was was the Lamb of God. That's what the Bible calls him. He was the prey. And they took Jesus off the cross And they put him in the tomb, didn't they? And they said, that's it. He was put to death by the hands of wicked men. Look at verse 9. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? Well, we know who rouses him. Verse 10, the scepter, the rule, the rule, the reign, the kingship will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Messiah until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations is his. Oh, this is an amazing story. Can someone say amen? amen. All I want you to see this, these two chapters is you've got a 130-year-old guy who worships God and then you have a 147-year-old man, the father, who's praying a prayer of blessing. You want spiritual blessing in your life? You need to get to the end of your life and look back and see how you've lived for God. And hopefully, prayerfully, one day, it doesn't always happen like this. But what else matters is that you're an old guy laying in a bed and they come around you, your son's here, and you sit up 
and they put your grandkids and your granddaughters on your lap and the last things you do before you die is you stick out your hands as a godly parent as a godly mother as a godly father and you pray a prayer blessing over your children when you look back over your life you want do you want blessings in your life it comes from worshiping God it comes from praying number three write this down spiritual blessings come when children honor their parents and now we're in chapter 50 the last chapter uh, Jacob had a dying wish before he died and that was don't bury me here in Egypt I want to be buried up there in the land of my forefathers and so the first 14 verses of of uh, Genesis 50 is the story and you just got a picture of this old man laying there on these carts and the chariots of Egypt with Joseph and taking his father out of Egypt all the way back up to the land of Canaan and burying him with his forefathers Isaac and Abraham so it's a touching story so he honors his dad by doing what his dad wants then you have another section here where the brothers all those brothers honor their dad and I, I really wish I could have shown you this but you might take your Bibles and just circle verse 16 17 and 18 if you just have your Bible because in that uh, Jacob told the rest of the brothers hey after I die here's what you guys need to do you need to go in there to your brother Joseph and get down on your knees and confess your sins and ask him to forgive you of your sins and of course Joseph is symbolic of Jesus it's really a picture of salvation all the way back this is an amazing thing all the way back in Genesis chapter 50 it's symbolic of salvation for us and that we come not before Joseph we come before Jesus and get down on our knees and we confess our sins and we ask Jesus to forgive us of all of our sins but the last part of that those three scriptures it says that those brothers actually announced to Joseph from now on we will be your slaves and that's what we do when we become a Christian it's not just that Jesus forgives us of our sins but we openly confess Lord we are now your slaves which means Lord you are in charge of our life our life belongs to you so what you have symbolically in that section is a picture of salvation and a picture of lordship it is a powerful thing sometimes we can preach through that but the third thing write this down uh, Joseph honors his heavenly father see not only does this Joseph honor his earthly father he honors his heavenly father and that's where blessing comes from how many of you want to be blessed you want to be blessed you've got to honor your heavenly father if you want that blessing I want you to look at verse 20 because verse 20 sums up the entire story and it really sums up the book of Genesis and it basically sums up the whole Bible Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 Joseph says to his brothers you intended everyone say the word intended you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being accomplished the saving of many lives you see Joseph was wise enough to know that God is sovereign and that God has a plan and all that bad stuff that normally bothers you and normally bothers me Joseph had the wisdom to understand hey this is all a part of the plan of God to save lives 
And isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? He was put to death, nailed to the cross by the hands of wicked men. And we all look at Jesus on that cross and think, how terrible is that? Jesus died on the cross, and yet it was God working. That was God's plan for, for salvation for the world. You see that? And, and all in the book of Genesis, the, God creates the world, everything's good, and then sin enters into the world. And we look at that sin and go, oh, that's terrible. Uh, that's terrible to us. But God, what, what man intended for bad, God uses it for the good. Because out of all that story in Genesis, at the end, you have the story of Joseph and Jacob going down to Egypt. Oh, it looks bad. He's thrown in a well. He's sold into slavery. He's falsely accused. But from those 12 tribes, Judah comes eventually the Messiah. It's all a part. He understands there's a sovereign God who's in charge and it's all going to work for the saving of many, many people. And all God's people said. Number four, as we close, the last point is that spiritual blessings come in remembrance. There are some blessings that come from never forgetting what God has done. And I'm short on time, but look at Exodus chapter 1. One of the most amazing verses in the whole Bible. Verse 6 says that Joseph and all his brothers and that generation, what happened to them? They died. This incredible story that we've told, they all ended up dying. Verse 7 says, but the Israelites were fruitful, multiplied greatly, became exceedingly numerous, so that the land, we're talking about Egypt, was filled with them. But look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, then came a new Pharaoh, a new king. And the Bible says he knew nothing about Joseph. You know what happened? One generation failed to tell the next generation. The Bible says over and over again that one generation is supposed to tell the next generation who's supposed to tell the next generation. And what did Jesus say uh, when, he, when he served communion? He said, take this and do this in what? In remembrance of me because he never wanted us to forget because some blessings come from remembering what God has done. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. 
Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th, at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.